0: You're listening to a Sunday service podcast from First Universalist Church of Minneapolis, a faith community that welcomes, affirms, and protects the light in each human heart, listens deeply to where love is calling us next, and with humility, courage, and compassion works to create a more just world. To learn more, visit us at firstuniversalistchurch.org.
1: Good morning, good morning. My name is Matt Meyer, and I'm looking forward to doing some singing with you all. We're going to begin with some singing, and as we say in my own congregation, then we're going to have some singing in the middle, then we're going to finish up with some singing. (laughs) We're going to do a bunch of hymns today, but probably none of them the way you may be familiar with. And we're going to start with number 361 in your hymnal. You can read the words there, although we're going to do a slightly different version, so I can also just call them out for you. But if you want the words in front of you, it's 361. Enter, rejoice, and come in. We're going to try it with a version that goes like this. I'll try it through once on my own.
2: Enter,
1: rejoice, and come in.
2: Enter, rejoice, and come in. Today will be a joyful day. Enter rejoicing coming. We try that enter rejoice. Enter rejoicing coming. Enter rejoice. Enter rejoicing. Coming. Today, today will be a joyful day. Enter rejoicing.
1: Alright, I think you gotta invite you to rise in body or spirit. And for all of our singing today. I invite you to sing in whatever way your spirit needs. For some of you, if the words elude you and you just wanna hum along, that's okay. That's just as good. And if what you need this morning is to not sing at all, to just sit in silence and take in the sound of the room, that's okay too, that's just as good. And if what you need this morning is to rock out like you are alone in the car with the radio, this is your morning to do it and we've got space in the aisles for dancing. Here we go. ENTER REJOICING COMING
2: ENTER REJOICING COMING TODAY WILL BE A JOYFUL DAY ENTER REJOICING COMING OPEN YOUR EARS TO THE SONG OPEN YOUR EARS TO THE SONG OPEN YOUR EARS TO THE SONG TODAY WILL BE day. Enter, enter rejoicing. Open your hearts, everyone. Open your hearts, everyone. Open your hearts, everyone. Today will be a joyful day rejoicing. This is my favorite. Don't be afraid of some change. Don't be afraid of some change. Don't be afraid of some change. Today will be a joyful day. Enter, enter rejoicing. Enter rejoice, last one. Enter rejoicing, come in. Enter rejoicing, coming. Today will be a joyful day. Enter, enter rejoicing. Today will be a joyful day. Today will be a joyful. Today will be. Today will be a joyful. One more today. Today will be a joyful day to rejoice and come in.
1: Awesome. And I'll invite you to remain risen. Our next opening gathering song is uh, Bright Morning Star. This is 357 in your hymnal, but for this one we're doing a different melody and also different words. So your hymnal cannot help you now. I assure you it's the same song, though. We're going to do a version that goes like this.
2: Bright morning star, arise! And bright morning star, arise! And bright morning star, arise! And day is a breaking in my soul. Bright morning star, arise! And bright morning star, arise! And bright morning star, arise! And day is
1: a breaking in my soul. Rise up from morning slumber a little faster. Rise up from morning slumber, rise up
2: from morning slumber, rise up from morning slumber. Day is a breaking in my soul. Rise up and hear your calling, rise up and hear, your calling. Rise up and hear your calling, rise up and hear your calling, rise up and hear
1: your calling. Day is a breaking in my soul we get some rhythm? Can you help me out like this? And I think we can also do this with some more harmony. So if you want to try a different note than the one that's in the melody, or just a different note than whatever your neighbor's singing, hold on to it until it starts to sound bad and then switch to a different one. I'm sure we can do this in at least 11-part harmony, given the number of us here. Bright morning star, here we go. Bright morning star arise And bright morning star
2: arise. Right, bright morning, star rising. Day is breaking in my soul. Oh, lift your voice to heaven. 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 Oh, Day is a breaking in my soul. We'll build this faith together. 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 We'll this faith together. Day is a breaking in my soul. Bright morning. Bright morning star rising. Bright morning star rising. Bright morning star rising. Day. Breaking in my soul, days are breaking. Day is a breaking in my soul, days are breaking slowly. Day is a breaking in my
1: soul. Oh, you sound good. Let's take a deep breath together. You may be seated as you exhale.
3: Good morning. It is wonderful to be together. Welcome to First Universalist Church of Minneapolis. Welcome to this community where, in the spirit of the universalist spirit of love and hope, we give, receive, and grow together. One of our primary spiritual practices together is the practice of welcome, welcoming each other, welcoming folks who aren't here yet, welcoming all the parts of ourselves, the fullness of experience, welcoming music and poetry, comfort and discomfort, welcoming the things that come to us in times of silence. This is a place to welcome peace and joy, connection and community, quiet and conversation. We trust in that spirit of welcome, remembering the truth of our interconnection and interdependence, the wholeness of who we are, and of who we are this morning it is a joy to welcome all of you here also to welcome everybody who's joining us online this morning or who is going to join us in the future it's good to be together we say thank you to our ushers and greeters to everybody who makes this morning happen thank you to john and olu who help with our sound and video to make that work thank you to reverend arif Thank you to our guests and worship leaders who are with us this morning. It's great to welcome you, Matt. Matt Meyer is coming to us. He serves as Director of Community Life for Sanctuary Boston. Matt has a degree in hand drumming from Berklee College of Music, has studied abroad in Cuba and Ghana and Central America. He travels around the country making music and speaking about the intersections of music and community and social justice. Welcome, Matt. <laughs> we also welcome Paulo DeBuque, our pianist this week. He is from right here in Minnesota. He holds degrees from Swarthmore College and the University of Michigan. Paulo co-founded Homespun, a chamber music collective community of professional musicians dedicated to authentic, joyful music making. Homespun gave its first concert this summer right here in our sanctuary with support from First Universalist. Paolo will be joining us as one of our rotating pianists over the next few months. We're grateful that you're here. You. Welcome to each and every one of us. It matters that we take this time to remember who we are and what matters most to us. Welcome back next week, too, at 10 a.m. for our water communion service. We'll have one service next week at 10 a.m. so we can be all together. If you'd like, bring some water from your home, from a place that's special to you, from any of your travels, as we merge those waters together into one strong river. And now we welcome ourselves, our bodies as well. So I invite you into our practice of what I call our three intentional breaths. A chance to settle your body, to fully arrive right here, right now, wherever you are. It's a moment to breathe in and out, connecting together on purpose. Breathing in. Breathing out slowly. Breathing in. Breathing out slowly. And once more on your own. From this place of connection, we share in our chalice lighting words. I invite you to say them with me. Love is the spirit of this church and service is its law. This is our great covenant, to dwell together in peace, to seek the truth in love, and to help one another.
1: I'd like to open our service with these words by Adrian Marie Brown, who says, let us measure success, By how many of us can say, I'm living a life I don't regret, a life that will resonate with my ancestors and with as many generations forward as I can imagine. I am attending to the crises of my time with my best self, and I am of communities doing our best to honor our ancestors and future generations to come. She goes on to ask, how can we, the future ancestors, align ourselves with the most resilient practices of our species. Today's service is about this redefinition of success, to attend to the crises of our time with our best self and to root ourselves in communities, honoring our ancestors and future generations. I think this song is a a wonderful way to get into that message. Number 298, this time your hymnals might be helpful. Wake now my senses. We're going to sing verses 1, 3, and 5. We are going to make some changes, though. I know you were worried. We might do exactly what was written. You know, one of the reasons we don't hear a lot of hymns on the radio, well, there are many reasons, but one of them is that there's not often a good singable chorus. And so we're going to add a chorus to this song. It goes like this. oh. Oh, 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 very simple. Can we try that? Oh, oh, oh.
2: oh, oh, oh. again. Oh
1: oh, oh, oh. oh, oh. All right. I invite you to rise in body or spirit. Wake now my senses. Wake now my senses and hear the
2: earth call. Feel the deep power of being in all. Keep with the web of creation your vow. Giving, receiving as love shows us and the chorus Oh. compassion, give heed to the cry. Voices of suffering fill the wide sky. Take as your neighbor, both stranger and friend, praying and striving their hardship to chorus, up.
1: vision, wake
2: now my vision, give me history clear, brighten my pathway with radiance here, mingle my calling with all who will share, work not planning, transform my there. here we go,
1: do in five part harmony let's add some more rhythm with your hands Let's take another breath. Maybe may be seated. I'd love to share this story with you all that I think touches on this redefinition of success that Adrian Marie Brown offers us to, to attend to the crises of our time and use the tools we have to try and make a difference to honor our ancestors and future generations. Miriam loved music, and Miriam was thrilled because she was just about to start fourth grade. And fourth grade was the year in her school when every student got to learn to play an instrument and play in the school orchestra. So on the first day of school, she was so excited, she showed up extra early to the orchestra room, and she walked into that room and looked around at all of the instruments, wondering which one she would get to play in the orchestra. There was a giant bass drum. There were beautiful, shiny brass trumpets. There were beautiful violins. She saw her teacher, Miss Berman, there, and she said, Here I am. What instrument do you need me to play in the orchestra? Miss Berman looked at her and she said, Miriam, right? I-, I think I might have just the instrument for you. She disappeared into her office and she came out a minute later with, a tambourine.
0: <clears throat>
1: a tambourine, asked Miriam. Is that, well, well is that even an instrument? <laughs> of course, said Miss Berman. Every great orchestra needs a great tambourine player, and you are our tambourine player. Well, Miriam took the tambourine, but for the whole rehearsal all day long, she had to play the same rhythm over and over and over. It went like this. It went dot, da da dot, da da dot, dot, dot. Can you try that? And when she came back to school the next day, on Tuesday, it was the same rhythm all day long, over and over. It went, and Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, the whole rest of the week, it was that same rhythm over and over and over. It went, and you might guess Miriam was not any more excited about the tambourine at the end of the week than she had been at the beginning. And so when she went to her UU church that Sunday with her family, she was feeling pretty sad about it. And when she sat down in her Sunday school class, her teacher, Mahesh, noticed that she was looking sad. So he asked her about it, and she said, Well, I was so excited to start fourth grade and learn to play an instrument and play in the school orchestra, but I ended up with the tambourine, and I just play the same rhythm all week long. It goes... <laughs> the tambourine, Mahesh said. He said... Did you know that where my family is from in southern India, the tambourine is called a kanjira? Can you say kanjira? kanjira. He said, the, the kanjira is a very complex instrument. And it's an ancient instrument. And people, well, it's so complicated, people spend their whole lives learning to master the sounds of the kanjira. And one of the beautiful things about it, he said, is that every sound that you can play on the kanjira can also be sung. And so people string together the sounds and the rhythms of the of the kanjira to create rhythm well poetry out of rhythm. And they write whole books of this poetry. Where I come from, he said, the the kanjira is the the tambourine, well it's a it's a way of creating poetry and beauty in the world. Poetry and beauty, Miriam said. Can you say poetry and beauty? Well, that doesn't sound so bad. She was thinking about that after church when all the adults were running around at coffee hour. She was sitting by herself, and a family friend came up to her, Anna. Now, Anna remembered. She said, this was the week you were going to start fourth grade and learn to play an instrument and play in the school orchestra. How's it going? Well, she said, I ended up stuck with the tambourine, and I played the same rhythm all week long. It goes, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. The tambourine, Anna said. She said, did you know that where my family is from in Brazil, we call the tambourine a pandero. Can you say pandero? She said, people have been playing the pandero for, for generations and generations in Brazil. And she said, in fact, when my ancestors were brought to Brazil as enslaved people, they would play the pandero as a way to gather their community together and to take care of each other even when times were so difficult. And they even used the music of the pandero to secretly practice martial arts so they could protect themselves against the people that held them as slaves. Where I come from, the the tambourine is an instrument for, well, for community and for safety. Safety and community, Miriam said. Can you all say safety and community? Safety and community. That doesn't sound so bad. So Miriam was thinking about all of this when she went back to, to school the next day. She saw her teacher, Ms. Berman, there, and she told her about the kanjira and the pandero, about poetry and beauty and safety and community. But she said, I don't know what any of it has to do with me, because I'm still playing the same boring rhythm all week long that goes. <laughs> well, Ms. Berman asked. She said, Miriam, do you know where your name comes from? She said, of course. It comes from my parents. Right, but she said, Do you know who Miriam was? She said, there's a story in your family's history about the ancient Israelites fleeing slavery in Egypt and traveling towards a promised land of freedom and liberation. And while they were on their way, they threw a wonderful celebration to celebrate that they were on their way to freedom. And it was a woman named Miriam, one of the first named musicians in recorded history, who got that party started by getting out her tambourine and playing the tambourine to celebrate that journey they were making. And women, like Miriam, would play the tambourine for weddings and festivals and celebrations in ancient Israel and all over the ancient Middle East as a way of celebrating the community and celebrating love in those festivals and weddings. She said, in your family's history, the tambourine was a way to celebrate the journey towards freedom, the journey towards love. Would you say freedom and love? Well, that sounds pretty good, Miriam said. Now, eventually, Miriam went on to try some of the other instruments in the orchestra. She played the bass drum for a little while, and she took some trumpet lessons and tried out the violin. But she always remembered this story of the tambourine, how the most simple, basic of instruments... People had been using all over the world and all throughout history to change the world around them, to create poetry and beauty, to create community and safety, and to celebrate the journey we're all trying to make towards freedom and love. In Unitarian Universalism, we gather together on Sundays not just to remind each other about the values that are most important to us. But to also challenge each other, to think of how we can use whatever tools we have in our hands, however basic, however simple, and use them to shape the world around us, to make the world more beautiful, to make it more safe, and to celebrate that journey towards freedom and love. May it be so, and may we make it so. For some of us, this shift towards a new understanding of success can perhaps surprisingly mean a shift away from perfection towards progress, to do the work that is difficult to do even if we can't do it perfect because we can never do it perfect. This song speaks to that understanding of success with words by Leonard Cohen. Almost the whole song is call and response, so you can just repeat after me and Paul is gonna help you with your part.
2: Forget your perfect offering, forget your perfect offering, just ring the bells that still can ring, just ring the bells that still can ring, there is a crack in everything, there is a crack in everything.
1: Here we go. That's how how the light light gets in. That's how the light gets in. Changes at the end there. Did you catch that? Let's try it all again. Forget your perfect offering.
2: Forget your perfect offering. Just ring the bells that still can ring. Just ring the bells that still can ring. There is a crack in everything. There is a crack in everything. A little faster. Here we go. That's how how
1: the light light gets in. That's how how the light gets in. All right, I think we got it. I'll invite you to rise in body or spirit. You're invited to add along any clapping, any rhythm you want to add to this, any harmonies. We're just going to make this together. Here we go. Forget your perfect offering.
2: Forget your perfect offering. Just ring the bells that still can ring. Just ring the bells that still can ring. There is a crack in everything. There is a crack in everything. That's how the light. That's how the light gets in. Forget your perfect offering. Forget your perfect offering. Just ring the bells that still can ring. Just ring the bells that still can ring. There is a crack in everything. There is a crack in everything. That's how the light gets in. That's, that's how the light gets in. Forget your perfect offering. Forget your perfect offering. Just ring the bells that still can ring. Just ring the bells that still can ring. There is a crack in everything. There is a crack in everything. That's how the light gets in. That's how the light gets in. Forget your perfect offering. Forget your perfect Offering, just ring, the bells, ring. Just the bells that still can ring. There is a crack in everything. Crack in everything. That's how, that's how the, light the light gets in. That's how light gets in. Forget your perfect offering. Forget perfect your perfect offering. Ring. Just, ring ring. just ring the bells that still can ring. There is a crack in everything. There is a crack. That's how the light gets in. 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 That's how the light gets in.
1: Let's take another breath.
0: Amen. Feel that energy moving. Let's stay with that. Stay with that energy. As we move into this time of prayer and meditation. Feel that energy moving in your body. where you are noticing it. Maybe in your feet that were just tapping, hands that were clapping. Lips, lungs, breath. We make time for prayer, time for meditation, together in this community so that we can remember what it is to be human and alive together. So that we can practice opening our hearts together in community, listening to that which is larger than us, reflecting on what we hold to be most true. Let us pray now. With words in the chat, with words spoken into this space, with words held in the silence of our hearts, all that we are holding and wish to lift up in prayer this day. We hold that together in community. Praying for vulnerability with each other. holding compassion. Online, we're holding grief. Online, we we hold that in community. Online, we're holding prayers for mental health and addiction and the many people touched by it. suffering in our community, and the ways that community members are helping. We hold in our hearts all that has been named, and know that though we are closing this circle of prayer, we need not stop praying together. And in that spirit, congregation, will you pray with me? As I lift this prayer of gratitude that we are learning how to pray together, that we are learning to let our hearts crack open, that we are learning how to let the light in, that we are learning how to witness each other, how to hold each other so that love may expand. May we hold each other's prayers with sacredness as we sing. Each week we pray together in many ways and one of the ways that we pray, one of the ways that we express our love and care in the world is through the giving and the receiving of our offering, the spiritual practice of generosity. This week's offering goes to support the Minister's Emergency Fund. This is a fund in the congregation that is available to support members of the church and occasionally members in the wider community who need some additional support. In this last year, this fund has supported people in paying rent, in paying medical bills, in buying food, in meeting the everyday needs of life when something happens that makes meeting those needs challenging. And so we invite and encourage you to be as generous as you are able. There are instructions for giving that will be projected on either side of me, uh, also online. And I invite the ushers to please come forward as we receive our offering.
2: I'm gonna lift my sister up. She is not heavy. I'm gonna lift my sister up. She is not heavy. I'm gonna lift my sister up. She is not heavy. If I don't lift her up, if I don't lift her up, if I don't lift her up. I will fall down I'm gonna lift my brother up He is not heavy I'm gonna lift my brother up He is not heavy I'm gonna lift my brother up He is not heavy If I don't lift him up If I don't lift him up If I don't lift him up,
1: I will fall down The song was written by a woman named Fea Ora Rose Touré. She's not only a singer-songwriter and a poet and a playwright, she also founded at least 12 organizations working for civil rights and racial justice. And in addition to all of that, I don't know, I guess in her free time, she was the first black woman judge of Alabama. Just recently, a couple years ago in retirement, she didn't take it easy. She was arrested for civil disobedience, protesting the construction of a Confederate monument. I think the song speaks to the the message of this offering, the message of the service. I invite you to sing along. I'm going to lift my sibling up. If I don't, they will fall down. I'm gonna lift my sibling up,
2: they are not heavy. I'm gonna lift my sibling up, they are not heavy. I'm gonna lift my sibling up, they are not heavy. If I don't, if I don't lift them up, if I don't lift them up, if I don't lift them up, I will fall down. My family, I'm gonna lift my family up. They are not heavy. I'm gonna lift my family up. They are not heavy. I'm gonna lift my family up. They are not heavy. If I don't lift them up, if I don't lift them up, if I don't lift them up. I will fall down My neighbor I'm gonna lift my neighbor up They are not heavy I'm gonna lift my neighbor up They are not heavy I'm gonna lift my neighbor up They are not heavy If I don't lift them up if I don't lift them up I don't lift them up, I will fall down.
0: Our, our reading this morning is by Brad Aaron Modlin. It's titled, What You Missed That Day You Were Absent in Fourth Grade. Mrs. Nelson explained how to stand still and listen to the wind, how to find meaning in pumping gas, how peeling potatoes can be a form of prayer. She took questions on how not to feel lost in the dark, After lunch, she distributed worksheets that covered ways to remember your grandfather's voice. Then, the class discussed falling asleep without feeling you had forgotten to do something else, something important, and how to believe the house you wake in is your home. This prompted Mrs. Nelson to draw a chalkboard diagram detailing how to chant the psalms during cigarette breaks and how not to squirm for sound when your own thoughts are all you hear also that you have enough." The English lesson was that I am is a complete sentence. And just before the afternoon bell, she made the math equation look easy, the one that proves that hundreds of questions and feeling cold and all those nights spent looking for whatever it was you lost and one person add up to something.
1: just outside of the city of Chicago and I moved to Boston in the year 2000 to attend college and to get a degree in hand drumming of all things. Anyone else here have a hand drumming degree? Okay it's just me then. I was following this dream I had at the time of being a touring musician. I wanted to travel the world with some famous band playing in a different city every night of the week to crowds of thousands. I particularly remember this moment, the last semester of college, as I was trying to look ahead to graduation and picture the possibilities for this musician's life ahead of me. In that last semester, it just so happened one morning that I walked into a classroom where two of my teachers were chatting with each other. One of them was talking about his schedule. He had just the day before come back from a two-week concert tour of Morocco, playing with some incredible Middle Eastern band. And he was just that afternoon heading off to Europe for a four-week tour there with a group called Simon and Garfunkel. Oh, you've heard of them? Yeah, me too. I remember that he pointed to his suitcase, which was sitting there in the classroom open. And I remember looking at the suitcase and I've maybe never so, been so jealous of, a, of an object that it got to go on this trip with him, that maybe the suitcase would be near Paul Simon. It was the ultimate symbol of success. It was so tangible. I remember that I just couldn't picture a more perfect life than this, and I I kind of interrupted their conversation, and I said, are you so excited that you can't even stand it? And I said it just like that, with no chill, I remember that he looked at me and he looked down and he kind of shook his head and he said, you know, man, I just want to go home and see my kid. I'm going to be honest with you in that moment. Well, I didn't say it, but what I thought was, surely, surely your kid is not as cool as Simon and Garfunkel. (laughs) I was embarrassed though by how tone deaf I'd been to this conversation that they were really having. And I looked back at that open suitcase, which just a moment ago had been the ultimate symbol of success, and all of a sudden, it carried a very different weight. This teacher, this musician, this hand drummer, he knew the value of music as well as anyone I have ever met. He understood music's power to bring people together and transform hearts and make the world a better place. But still, even still, he balanced, he struggled to balance those values with the value of his family and home and relationships. My unfolding sense of true success, of a life well lived, is that it is first of all a journey and not a destination, and that it is second, an increasing embrace of one's values, even in the face of increasing complexity. This reminds me of a poem called Famous by poet Naomi Shahab Nye. She says, the boot is famous to the earth, more famous than the dress shoe, which is only famous to floors. I want to be famous, she says. I want to be famous in the way a pulley is famous or a buttonhole, not because it did anything spectacular, but because it never forgot what it could do. Remembering what we can do, friends, even when we are overwhelmed by the list of all that must be done. Remembering what we can do is the work of we, the future ancestors. Rabbi Tarfon spoke of this in his own tradition in the first century AD when he said, it's not your responsibility to finish the work of perfecting this world, but you are not free to desist from it either. My hope for my days and for yours is that we can attend to the crises of our time as our best selves, and that we can root ourselves in communities doing our best to honor our ancestors and future generations to come. My hope is that we can set aside the stories we've been told or made up along the way about what success is supposed to look like. I hope we can set aside the stories we've been told about who we are and who we are supposed to be, set aside the stories we've been told about what our gender is supposed to mean, or what kind of work has value enough, or whether systems of injustice are tolerable just because they are normal. Growing up at any age is about growing into our values about adapting to difficult times with grace and with courage, and about remembering what we can do even in the midst of all that must be done. When I think of redefining success to align with our values, and when I think of movement ancestors who faced the crises of their times, I sometimes remember this story about our Unitarian ancestor, William Ellery Channing. Now, Channing was a preacher in Boston in the mid-1800s, and he is remembered as one of the great founders of Unitarianism. He's hailed as a model of religious leadership, he was dedicated to justice, and he was particularly a powerful voice for abolition in his time. But we know that success is more about the journey than the destination, and that was true even for our friend Channing, who, while he always agreed with the principles of the abolitionists, he didn't always like the way they went about things, And so, he wasn't always so vocal in his opposition to slavery. The thing was, he agreed with the goal of abolition, but he was sometimes put off by some of the personalities in the movement, and he sometimes disagreed with their strategies and their messaging. Sometimes he thought the politics of the movement were just a bit too complicated. And in particular, he thought that they were too emotional. They were too passionate in the way they spoke about abolition. And it reminded him of those itinerant revivalists that were sweeping the West at the time. Now, you should know the only consistent thing in my life since college is my job as an itinerant revivalist, but that's okay. (laughs) I don't take his comments personally. So one night at this anti-slavery forum, All night, Samuel May, a more active leader in the movement, has been listening to Channing's criticisms till eventually he can't take it anymore, and he interrupts. Dr. Channing, he says, I am tired of these complaints. It is not our fault that those who might have conducted this great reform so much more prudently than we can have left us to manage as we may. It's not our fault that those who might have pleaded for the enslaved so much more wisely and so much more eloquently than we can have been silent. We are not to blame, sir, that you have not spoken. And now, well, now that inferior men have begun to speak and begun to act against what you acknowledge to be an awful system, it is not becoming of you to complain of us that we do it in an inferior style." Now, this is what the kids would call a sick burn. (laughs) And it was so sick, so sick, in fact, that Channing was unable to answer this rebuke. And he said, Brother May, I have been silent too long. I love that this story depicts the very moment that Channing took up the work of a life that would resonate with his ancestors and we, his future generations, the very moment he took up the work of attending to the crises of his time, not to finish it, but never to desist from it either. I love this story because so often I've been in the place of Samuel May, where I end up fighting with so-called allies who theoretically share my values, but they would rather criticize the movement and criticize the work from afar than get scuffed up in the complexity of real change themselves. And I love this story because I'm just as often in Channing's place. Because too many times I've blamed other people's failings for my own silence. I've blamed other personalities and the movement's complexities for my own inaction. And too many times I've left my human family to suffer because I was holding on to some sense of moral purity. It can feel easy now to look back at history's great debates with the clarity of hindsight. But we should remember that the 13th Amendment that outlawed slavery eventually left an exception for those who had been found guilty of a crime. And then suspiciously, suspiciously our country began finding more people guilty of crimes than just about any other in the world. So that last year, the ACLU reported that in 2022, forced labor in US prisons generated $11 billion in goods while paying out an average of 13 cents to 50 cents an hour. Now as Unitarian Universalists, we have covenanted as a denomination to abolish this prison system as we know it and to work together to replace it with something wholly new because we know that if putting large numbers of people in cages made us safer, we would live in the safest country in the world, but we do not. And we know that if increased funding for police made our country safer, we would live in the safest country in the world, but we do not. But the work of imagining something new, of imagining systems rooted in real healing, healing for individuals and families and for communities rather than based in punishment, Well, that is some complicated work, but it is our work to do together. Perhaps Channing had missed that day in school, the day the teacher explained that even the hundreds of questions we have about how to go about our days, they still add up to something. They add up to something even when simplistic answers are elusive. Dear ones, our children will someday tell similar stories of us. They will tell stories of the 2020s, a time when things were changing fast, a time when a global pandemic arrived and not only made visible but increased the inequalities that surrounded us. They will tell of a time when climate change arrived with devastation in our cities and neighborhoods and brought us fires and flooding and unbreathable air. They will tell of a time when we put our neighbors in cages by the millions because we thought it would make us safer when it did not. And they will surely tell of how premeditated wealth inequality made every one of these issues more difficult to address. Our children will have other stories to share as well though. I hope they will tell the stories of Black Lives Matter that lifted up the call for racial justice and changed the culture and so many systems in this country. I hope they will tell the story of Me Too that raised the call for gender justice and the Sunrise Movement that brought the idea of the Green New Deal from the margins to the center so that we could together imagine an economy rooted in a right relationship with the earth rather than the exploitation of it. I hope they will tell the stories of congregations and communities like this that came together even when the people were complicated, because the people are always complicated, and came together even when the path forward was, un- was unclear, because the path is always unclear. I hope they will tell the stories of those that came together and covenanted to never forget what they could do, even when we felt overwhelmed by all that must be done. Writer and atheist prophet ta Coates spoke of this in a letter to his son when he said, history is not solely in your hands, but still, still you are called to struggle, not because it assures you victory, but because it's what assures you an honorable and a sane life. Now, friends, there was a time that I thought success was traveling the world with some famous band. And... Well, between you and me, if Paul Simon called me up this afternoon, I'd be on the next plane out of here. (laughs) But I know now that it's more complicated than that. I know that success can mean finding a way to support your family, even when the minimum wage is too low and housing costs are too high. I know that it's finding a way to make the world better, even when there are more questions about it than answers. I know that it's building up beloved community even when the communities and the people are complicated and the path is unclear. Love, which is the beginning and the end of the story of Unitarian Universalism, means acting for compassion and justice, even when it's complicated. And the honorable struggle that Coates spoke of means taking up the work that is ours to do, not to finish it, but never to desist from it either. So, beloveds, may we live deeply into the journey we will not regret. May we aspire to the fame of the boots and the buttonhole, never forgetting what we can do. May we go forward in honorable struggle, building up the messy and beautiful and holy communities that make a difference and make this life worth celebrating. May it be so, and may we make it so. Amen. Closing song was written by Bernice Johnson Regan, founder of Sweet Honey in the Rock, founder of the SNCC Freedom Singers that brought so much music and song to the Civil Rights Movement. She wrote this song, We Are the Ones, when she was inspired by a poem of the same name by June Jordan. And that poem was was written to honor the women that participated in the anti-apartheid struggle in South Africa. It goes like this
2: we are the ones, we are the ones we've been waiting We are the ones, we are the ones, we've been waiting That's part one. We are the ones, we are the ones, we've been waiting One more We are the ones, we are the ones, we've been waiting Part 2 We are the ones, we are the ones, we've been waiting We are the ones, we are the ones we've been waiting again. We are the ones, we are the ones we've been waiting. One more. We are the ones, we are the ones we've been waiting. Part three. We are the ones we've been waiting for. We are the ones we've been waiting for again. We are the ones we've been waiting for. One
1: more. We are the ones we've been waiting for. I invite you to rise in body or spirit. You can pick whichever of the three parts is your favorite. You can move back and forth between them, or if you feel a little bit inspired, go ahead and make up parts four, five, or eight. You ready? We are the ones,
2: we are the ones we've been waiting. We are the ones, we are the ones we've been waiting. Beautiful. We are the ones, we are the ones we've been waiting. We are the ones, we are the ones we've been waiting. We are the ones we've been waiting for. We are the ones, we are the ones we've been waiting. We are the ones, we are the ones we've been waiting. Alright, now sing out a little more. We are the ones we've been waiting for.
1: Beloveds, may we go forward facing the crises of our time with our best selves. May we go forward honoring our ancestors and all generations to come and making the world a better place for them when they get here. May we go forward aspiring to the fame of the boot and the buttonhole, never forgetting what we can do. Beloveds, go in peace, go in love, and go and be blessed as you are each a blessing to others. Our closing song is Where You Go, I Will Go, Beloved, and this is the last one that we're going to do differently. <sighs> it goes like this. Where you
2: go, I will go, beloved. Where you go, I will go. Again, where you go, I will go, beloved. Love it. Where you go I will Next part goes like this For your people are my people Your people are mine Your people are my people Your divine, my divine Where you go, where you go I will go, Be beloved
0: Thanks for listening. If you've been comforted or inspired by this podcast, please consider supporting our ministry. Podcasts are free to download, but they cost money to make. Visit firstuniversalistchurch.org slash donate to make your gift. We'd love for you to join us in person or online on Sunday mornings. To learn more, visit us online at firstuniversalistchurch.org Where you go, I will go, beloved
2: Where you go, I will go Where you go